0: Welcome to the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the Flawed, Foolish and Fantastic podcast. Um, Today we've got a delight. Um, We've been filming this podcast for a number of weeks and it's about assisting individuals outside with networking and helping them find a way if they don't know individuals uh, within different diversities, different backgrounds, different types of work. And today I have the pleasure of being here with Guchat and Sandu, who I was at college with, and uh, I've got some fun stories about him, but they won't be shared here today. <laughs> and uh, I just want to initially start by saying why would you call so? Why would you, why would you, thank, you. The, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast, and thank you for being a guest and honoured by having you, uh, having us at your house. Um, in relation to this podcast, it is your podcast. Okay. You say what you want. Yeah, I've got a set of questions. You say whatever you want, um, and I just want you to feel happy. At any point, you're not happy with this, it's to stop. There's no issues. You can take a phone call, or whatever. It's not a problem. Um, if you're happy to go sing, we'll start. If that's good for you. Yeah. The first question is for those people who are not going to know. Yeah. Who is Good and Sing Sandy? Goodness,
1: I haven't even had the the, the sing in the middle of that for a long time. Uh, for those who know me, yeah, I'm G'chattin, uh, (laughs) or or in French, G'rchattin. Um, most people out there, especially in the global advocacy world, may know me as Nanu. I am a, um, how do I describe myself? Um, I grew up in the UK to, um, migrant, working class, Sikh parents. Yeah. Um. I'm currently working in, in the United Nations, uh, well, well, in the UN system, which is um, working for the International Labour Organization, which is within the UN system, um, a specialised agency working on uh, fundamental principles and rights of work. Who am I? Um, I ask that question myself all the time, and I think it's a question that I don't think I've ever got to answer completely. I think I'm still discovering myself yeah. at every single aspect. I don't think you stop learning about who you are. No. Um, I don't think you should stop learning about who you are. I think you should, and that's fundamental as well, as a Sikh. Um, in the Japji but you know, we we have, which is one of the first um, parts of the Guru Granth Sahib. We we talk about up up um, what uh, you're gonna correct me on this I think. No. Um. Um. Up, journey or art which you know the whole idea of know yourself and yeah. i think you never finish that so for me i think i'm on this journey about learning who i am
0: yeah
1: um discovering and accepting my parts of myself as well i think that's one of the hardest parts is to not of just learn but accept who you are to critique
0: yourself exactly. and take that criticism on who you are
1: exactly um so that's one of the one aspect of my me who else am i um i would say that I'm a person who champions social justice and believes in social justice yeah. um, and equality of all. I think that stems from the values that I've grown up with with my, in my community, with my parents, that we have equality regardless of race, religion, sex, gender, sexual orientation, um, gender identity, you know, HIV status, all of that, you yeah. know, that we are, um, that, are that we are all equal. Um, um and that our differences matter yeah. and that we have to be those differences have to be celebrated um that's who I am I think and that's for me is you know a very very key part and I think the other thing is for me that is that we you know it's not just that I'm Sikh and I'm migrant but you know my your struggles are my struggles yes. as well because our, our lives are so intersectional we don't live in silos I don't just live in um geneva or in leicester and i'm not just a seat, but you know whatever the structure our movements are our identities are intersectional with other parts of us so what impacts you will impact me consequently as well yeah. and we have to make sure that we're not just working for ourselves but we're working for the benefit of everyone because if yeah. you if someone else benefits i benefit too i think and that's what i think is um really, really important. And
0: I think this is, this comes down to Sikhi as well. I was about to say, that's a m- massive principle of Sikhi, the yeah. benefit of others. Yeah. longer everything, institutions, our education. It's yeah. all for the benefit of others.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I ha- you know what? I, I, um, it My activism has brought me back to my faith because I th- in some parts of my journey, I think I've lost a part of my faith because of working on LGBTIQ plus issues as well. I was like, okay, this is something that the faith is not. But working on this and working on myself through that journey... I've realized that actually it brought me closer to my faith. Mm. It brought me back to my faith. The ideas of this idea that we have Seva, that Seva just happens in the Godura. No, yeah, no. Seva happens everywhere. This is Seva right now, mm. right? Uh, the idea of Sangat is only in the Godura. No, Sangat is, and this is Sangat right now. No. We're keeping Sangat. And these are the sort of ideas I think that we, that sometimes we, when we're learning them as growing up, and perhaps No fault through our communities, but some you know they got entrenched in certain sort of values which don't always align with Siki, I think. Sometimes, um, yeah, I don't know if I went a bit long winded in that answer,
0: but yeah, your answer is your answer, yeah. This is about who you are, (laughs) thank you. So that's that's the reason why you know there's there's loads there, but you know, you just talked about especially. with regards to the, the nine characteristics of equality that you went through and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think they're really important to know. Social justice, massively. Sikhs have always been warriors of social justice. Mm-hmm. They've always spoken out, whether it's a view or something that they are adhering to or they are dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, Gurtei stood up for the Kashmiri pundits and the Hindu faith on suppression that was taking place on them. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with the empathy, they're like, I know what you're going through. I like, I can even though it's not us that are in those situations, I will stand up for you. Yeah. I will stand up for social justice. Yeah. And it's a big thing that's unfortunately. I think this generation is getting better than the new generation. Mm. Millenn- millennials are more into activism. Yeah. But our generation are more you're structured, you carry on, you, you look after yourself, make sure and I think it's good that we still have that.
1: Yeah, I think um it's also a question around migration as well. Mm. Our generation were first generation migrants. Yeah. We, we, it was the whole idea of uh, settling into the UK or into your diaspora, into your host communities, whether you're in Canada or whether you're in the US, yeah. is to establish yourselves. By And we have done that now yeah. and we're allowing the next generation, because of our legacy, we can allow next generations perhaps to take up that legacy, of that, that activism that is essential to, um, to building better society, better and more inclusive societies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, we had that sort of, you know, regimented, you know, go to university, do this, um, and, you know, go to, a, uh, and get a job and get a proper job. It was,
0: it was to, it was to, <laughs> you know, because our parents came here, the, that generation came here, they struggled to get themselves a grounding. They just wanted us to have better than them. Yeah. Economically, you know, and as a, as a form of status within society. And that's yeah. fair play to them. Yeah. But the next step is to make sure that we're helping others, we're benefiting others. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, see, so next question. Tell mm-hmm. me about your childhood, family makeup. Seen your mum and dad? Yep. Lovely people. Um, I've got tea here. I've got. Food. <laughs> and if you're not careful, you'll have a, another resident here. But um, tell me about your life.
1: My um, so born uh, Birmingham, born Leicester bred. Um, I have two parents. Yep. Both from Punjab. Um and I have a younger sister who's happily married and a uh, niece and uh, brother-in-law, so that's us. Yeah. Um, That's our family. Um, My childhood, you know what? Um, <laughs> you I mean, the way my mother describes it is like she's, you know, it's, you know, trouble, you know, just trouble, yeah. you know, getting up to mischief. Um, would, um, what would I do? I would bring bugs into the house. Uh, this is in Birmingham days, Bring bugs into the house. I would go through the back door and get my, you know, end up on the main door because this is one of those terrorist house situations. Uh, yeah, um, it was just a lot of mischief. Um, and I think some part of my life as well, there was also a, a few elements as well that, that were always... You know, growing up, I always had this other sort of niggling voice at the back of my head. Was you know, some people talking about me in general. Oh, he looks like a girl. He behaves like a girl. So Mm. those kinds of things were quite annoying. I think the this whole sort of um, feminizing, feminizing someone as if it's and the way they all there's an issue issue there as well. Oh, he's very very feminine. You know, like what's wrong with that? I think this also goes against Sikhi principles because you know we have genderless souls, right? We have, and this is just. Ash and this is going to return to ash. And this is just dirt, and it's a vehicle, the vessel to take us to us another place. So I think you know why do we get caught up, and you know those two, those genders live both within us, mm. and if so, there was that there was a niggling element of that. Um, but I think the most, the biggest thing you know, um right now uh, when I was growing up in particular was, um especially when we moved to Leicester. Um, we moved to Leicester after um, um, the issues in Birmingham in terms of, you know, this is during the re- recession times. Yeah. What um, part of Birmingham were you? Handsworth Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just off Soho Road in Birmingham Road. And I think we moved here into Leicester, and I think the, the the first form of discrimination I experienced was because of, you know, having a good deal on my head, having a yeah. turban. More um, well not to have a good deal I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, on. Having a you head and you'd hear, you know, trigger warning, a bit of violence coming up. You'd hear the you know, thing packy go home. Yeah. Um, um All kinds of racist slurs, and that was your you know, thing. And also, you you know, growing up as first generation, you all you know, in a predominantly white neighbor, working, a working class slash middle class neighborhood, you always were made to feel that. You were visiting. You this was not yours, yeah. and you did not belong. And also, you would be compared to the culture that you grew. We grew up in. Yeah. I think mean, I don't know if you shared this, but for me, it was always I always struggled between: am I British or am I Indian? Well, am that's... I Indian or am I Punjabi or am I British?
0: You know? For me, that was my big my big issue was, and I've said this on a, on another talk. You grow up as a kid, and you're, I am English. I'm, I'm British. Yeah. And then you get told you are not British. You're mm. you're a Paki, you're this, you're that. Yeah. And then you go, I'm a Punjabi. And you get back to India and they go, But you're not, you're not you're not one of us. And then that's where I thought I'm Sikh and nobody can take that away from me. Yeah. And that was how I had to identify myself. Because I, I exactly the same as you I was like, Am I British? Am I Indian? Yeah. Am I British Indian? Am I Asian British? Am I how do I define myself? Uh, and then in the end I went, fuck that shit. this is hard fun so I can understand that struggle
1: yeah that was the biggest struggle I think that um, I think always trying to fit in also beauty standards right you know as I don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) I still don't give a shit (laughs) so you do get compared to other people yeah. right you your looks yeah. so you know back in the you know despite within our community
0: yeah.
1: we you know everyone will say oh it's guru sarubh it's beautiful it has to be you know you yeah. are carrying that but you are still living in another you living your your community within a community so external still you know your beauty standards are still white and western yeah. blue eyes blonde hair i didn't you know now looking back i always thought i just did not want to be in the skin didn't yeah. I want to be see? Didn't I want to be in the skin? Yeah. Why this? Why everything? And I think it's all of this work I've done on discrimination that actually sort of go back to look at that and go, actually, you know what?
0: So yeah, I had an I inter- introspective something. experience yeah. on yeah. how your life has been.
1: For me, that was, I think I, I just, it wasn't always comfortable. I always felt out of place, yeah. either in my skin, in my body, in my religion, in my faith, always, always, always um even at college i you know i never never talked about this as well i think um but at college that, as well that's I, because of the era that we yeah were. yeah the you know the era i always felt we had to fit in and it was just this pressure to be something mm. that you were told you had to be you had to be something at home you had to be something at college you had to be something in another part you always had to be something but you couldn't be yourself
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Now, any moment you let that off, you let uh, let yeah. people realise what you really are.
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. You're done. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think the lucky thing is, that, you know, having gone to Geneva now, I mean, I've been able to be able to do that. Even at university, I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. you know, I was just. It was such. University. I got to university. Got, got to about a moment. was like, okay, finally, can be myself. But even then, there was that sort of added pressure. Demoted. Um, you
0: have to fit in a peg hole, don't you?
1: Yeah, I remember at university. So I had a lot of um, Pakistani and Muslim friends.
0: Yeah.
1: We'd get cornered, and like, oh, you know, by other Sikhs, like, oh, yeah. You know, are yeah. we all dead to you? Can you have? Can you be friends with uh, Sikhs and not um, with Indians and not with Pakistanis and Muslim? And I'm like, I'm friends with everyone. I don't care who you are. You know.
0: I was about to say, people would be worried with our social circle when we were at college then.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: We had, we had Salem, we had Suno, we had chip we had, you know, we, we were a mixture and we were a melting pot of different, exactly. I remember, th- there's an example, we went, we ended up on a night out at Jonglers here. Yeah. And uh, Shappy Cor Sandy, before she was famous, was doing a stand-up. And she's like, oh, look at the little Asian corner there, there were all a bunch of Sikhs. We're like, no. she's so, like, well, what are you? Then? And same, same as that. I'm Muslim. serious I'm a Hindu. She's like, wait, see, Hindu, Muslim, together. You three together, friends. Like, yeah. yeah. She just couldn't understand it. So, and that was the beauty. I think yeah. that's you know you. That was you, our friendship. wasn't Yeah, was
1: it? yeah. It was our friendship. and We had that sort of a melting pot in 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 in, in our college as well. Yeah, and that was a, yeah exactly. Um, but there wasn't that in you know, there was no there was, tribalism wasn't yeah it? there was a bit of tribalism behind it there was a bit of and also this sort of um well you know he speaks in a certain way Is he a coconut you know we got i got called that so many times yeah and also within our sort of family use as well um you know um he acts like a gora or this or that that white person yeah um so you just couldn't be, you had to, you know, sort of live up to this sort of thing that someone wanted you to be and had to be. And that puts a lot of pressure on our communities. And that drives mental health issues, that drives it a lot. Yeah. So growing up, there was that. And I think, you know, kind... And even if I moved away to Geneva, it still went with me.
0: Yeah, of course it is. Really baggage, baggage stays with you, doesn't
1: it? And stays with you. And I think it's only until I was like 33, 34... Um, uh, you know, after I went through counselling, yeah, that I was able to sort of like, oh, this is mine now. Actually, I can be who I want to be, yeah, and I'm going to be me. I'm not going to put on these things that you know, where people force you into these sort of molds of this is what you have to do, this is what you don't ha- you can't do and can do. So yeah, I mean, childhood was fun. Um, oh, you know, I did get to do the adventurous stuff. I did go back. I remember um, backpacking, going backpacking to India. Who, which Punjabi family would allow you to go backpacking in India? My parents no, still don't
0: let me do that now. Okay.
1: <laughs> 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 so I went backpacking uh, in India for six months, and everyone was telling my par- my parents, were like, put, 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 you know, put up, not on a fight, but you know, there were, there was discontent about it. Yeah. Um. They were like, "Wait, does he want to he spend spend six months in India? Just go to the bend and come home." I'm like, yeah. "No." I want to see. Experience it. I want to experience it, and you know, going from Kashmir all the way down to Kanyakumari on the on the west side, sort of following the west route. Beautiful. Um, So that's what I did. Um, So very, you know, the odd one out in the family, you know, like he's in India backpacking. Okay. Yeah. The other thing was. a bit of a, a a bit of a uh, we used to have a collective called Shanti in birmingham okay. that's still going on um and it was an asian fusion night you know eats east meets west kind of thing and, and this is where i really found my tribe
0: you used to be a dancer man
1: yeah yeah and i used to be days. a dancer as well yeah. uh i used to dance in front of thousands of clubbers yeah at miss money pennies
0: that's all i remember that's all i remember yeah Miss Money pennies i remember you telling us about that like, so my, i can see that happening because i can see i remember you at college <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah i went off dancing um we didn't i didn't have my parents to begin with at first told my mum,
0: hmm.
1: and oh my god yeah so there were some fun times and then i think my parents finally told my dad was like, bit like okay whatever <laughs> and you know he you know came back one day and was, uh, relatives or friends of the family over they're like where's good come from like, oh birmingham you know what was he doing I danced in a club in front of hundreds of people. And I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks. thanks. <laughs> you know, and then there's this automatic perception of you. You're this kind of a person. And it's like, well, okay. I enjoy what I do, you know, and I'm breaking the mold that, you know, this is something that we can do, you know, this it doesn't have to be this sort of different thing. So, yeah, I got to, I, uh, I'm i going to l- label myself. Right now. I was the odd one out. I was the odd yes. pair of socks. Uh, which is fine, and um, I got to have fun with it, and that was my life until it took me to Geneva, yeah. And even dancing uh, helped in Geneva as well. Well,
0: that's that's the thing for me. I remember you up to that point, and then the next thing I remember you getting, I'm in Geneva on Facebook. I was like, What the hell is he doing there? <laughs> so, for me, can I ask you, how did you yeah. go about going from college uni? Miss Money Pannies, yeah. being here in Leicester with us, and then the next thing I was like, "He's in Geneva." Yeah, how did you end up there, and and what 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 took you there? Um,
1: so I went off to do my masters in Manchester. Yeah,
0: um, I was after we all left.
1: Yeah, after you all left. Um, you all, well. No, sooner. was sooner still, there. Um, yeah. Salem, Salem Salem was still yeah. Was there. There's a few of you that no, Boo we were still there. Yeah. I don't know what year, Bowie, you were re- doing again. Is is
0: year one again, I think. <laughs>
1: um, so there was... Um, and in fact, I think Bowie and I lived in the same apartments. So I was doing my master's. Yeah. And then I met a good friend of mine now, James Lambert, who yeah. had just finished his internship from at the International Labour Organization. Yeah. And he'd come back and... Um, he learned about this thing called Scream, which is uh, an acronym for Supporting Children's Rights to Arts Education and the Media. Yeah. And you know, she had his former super, well, kind of supervisor had proposed to him that um, you know, why don't you do something at the university? This is a you know, youth mobilizing, community mobilizing, uh, tool that um, engaging young people through arts education and the media to do something about child labour. And so, doing this masters at the same time, we got engaged. We started doing stuff at the University of Ma- Manchester. Did, and I had an events background. Thanks to Shantia's, I was able to learn a few tricks of the trade. Yeah. Um, learn about the music industry a little bit. Learn about how to do uh, organised events, how to promo them, and how to work with volunteers. All of that, you know, sort of behind the scenes stuff, I had learned. And so I organised um, uh, um, this big event called Drummers versus DJs. That was a big hit at the university. We organised a debate together. So James and I sort of were co-founders of Scream Manchester. And I sort of really got involved in the activism for that. Um, and really enjoyed it, and you know, got carried away with it. After my masters, I started, you know, sort of saying, "Look, you know, how do we promote this toolkit around the UK education system?" Mm. Writing out to educational authorities and boards, and um, when the ILO, I told the ILO what I was what doing. What was it that
0: you? I know you're on about uh, with kids through education, art, and media. Yeah. But what was it that you were actually advocating at the time? To stopping child labour. Labour, yeah. Yeah, stopping so child mo- labour. what would is it modern slavery, or we look talking it? Well, child, uh, la- child labour everywhere around the world or just
1: here no everywhere around the world yeah um well modern slavery is a uh, child labor is a form of modern slavery it can be it's a subset uh if you talk to the technocrats it gets very very technical (laughs) yeah and what modern slavery is versus what forced labor is the uk government call it modern slavery um you know at the international um, arena we you know it's forced labor um
0: yeah, sorry. So yeah, you no, set no. up so, this in yeah. Manchester? And uh, then,
1: then, you know, co-founded that, then, you know, started doing my advocacy there. Um, and then uh, um, I remember go, then going off to, then, you know, the ILO saw what I was doing. They're like, look, do you want to come to Geneva as an intern? And now, okay. and I was like, oh my God, okay. And let me sort of go back to my childhood. At the age of 12, I remember turning around to a friend of mine that's at Lancaster Boys School. And saying to them, boo. "Yeah, it wasn't Booy It was you and Richard. No, no, I'm just saying
0: boo. Boo, that you went
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad school. I don't know what's doing now, but um, so a lanky boy used so to turn around to a friend of mine in the playground and said, "You know what? One day I want to work for the UN." Yeah, and you know, after my GCSEs and my A level results and the university I went to, I thought that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, after doing my masters and then getting this opportunity to go and do a six month internship. Why not? And I remember actually the same week I got the internship, the same week I got an offer from Leicester City Council to work um, there. And I was like, Okay, I'm gonna go off and do that stuff. <laughs>
0: could have been in the middle of town <laughs> or
1: <You don't... laughs> Exactly. And then my parents were looking at me like, You're going where to Capitulia do what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> were you going you're going where to do what? Yeah. Um, and no one could understand only until they were you know, that they were like, Oh, it's the United Nations, or it's part of the UN system. So, yeah, so six months turned into ten months, and the internship finished, uh, managed to get a, a P1 contract straight after my internship. Uh, that was, you know, um, then it was this three-month contract, six-month contract. Then, it you know, each time it was extended, three months, six months, until the end of 2008 when I landed... Uh, project as the coordinator of that project um, for five years four five four at least three four years um and that was fine then i jumped from a p1 p2 then i had year contract and that was it you know
0: yeah and yeah
1: and the rest has been history
0: um so what does your work in Geneva involve from the moment you got there what was it that so you set out um your aims and objectives but what are your aims and objectives and what What is it that you do?
1: Oh, okay. Um, well, so if you can say based on um, security reasons. No. Um in terms of my you know, we get called international civil servants. Mm. So there's an international civil service servant code of conduct, what we sign and what we can say, etc. etc., how we should be behaving. Um and you know, um a lot of my work is project based. So um we there's In areas of the ILO or most of the UN, there's core funding and the funding that is fixed. And then what we do is we get this thing called extra budgetary funding. So, you know, projects come in or extra funding comes in from from donors, from member states, from um, private uh, philanthropy foundations. Um, And it's tied to a specific objective that aligns with the values of that organisation or their foreign policy, right? Is it like...
0: Sounds really weird. Is it like you get funded for different projects? Yeah. So, so it's not just one role. It's a case of if an organisation come in and go, we've got an issue with this. Yeah. This is the funding. This is what we want as an objective. Find me a way of doing it. So yeah, project objective. managing.
1: Yeah, project managing. Okay. So that was the kind of work I ended up. Um, so my actual first role was actually in campaign and communications, okay. helping uh, engagement of youth. Get, you know, designing activities for kids to do in schools yeah. or in, in um, you know, different uh, fora. Well, Scouts remember coming to the to the UK for the uh, Centennial Jamboree, uh, spend, <laughs> spending like four or five days in a tent, uh, sleeping in, a, in, in the Jamboree for the UN and the other UN agencies were there as well, uh, sort of... Help raising awareness um for on child labour and how young people can actually harness their skills yeah. to talk about this issue. Um, so that then I moved into uh, goodness, um, sort of data management. Um, and then it wasn't until I landed the first sort of big project that I started to learn about project management and policy development. Okay. And there, I think, that was the sort of jackpot moment, you know, started to learn about how to design national action plans. So governments have national action plans against... Modern slavery, yeah. action against uh, child labour, or so you, you, we we
0: have like a control strategy. So yeah, drugs, serious, acquisitive crime, serious organised crime, firearms, drugs, like exactly so it's things like that. you will get given a portfolio,
1: right? Exactly. So yeah. we in the project, we, you know, we've designed it with a specific government in mind. They've got so many and and we've negotiated it with the host countries where we're going to actually do the work. Yeah. Um and um. Um, and what sort of work is needed so you know reach out to a government um, if the donor and, and the the host, the host government where we want to work their values align yeah uh, they say yes we, this is what we need support on we'll go in and say right okay we're going to help design a policy we're going to help um, um, put in a child labor monitoring system we're going to help in, um, strengthen the labor inspection we're going to train um, uh, enforcement officers we're going to tra- train uh, judges um uh, look at how to mainstream child labour into uh social protection policies, into education policies. Yeah. So that, that kind of thing. And and so that's where So you're looking
0: at it strategically rather than tactical. Yeah. Tactical is going, I need this done now and this is how we're going to do it, but you're looking at cross sections of every part of society. Exactly, yeah. In order to make an impact at every level rather than just looking at one. Yeah. That's a bit mad
1: it is, but you're still looking at the national level, so okay. it depends on what kind of projects and what the objectives are so if you're going into like a child labor monitoring system,
0: yeah
1: that can be very sort of on the go- ground tactical yeah um, and you have to help make sure your goals are aligned because it's it's also behavioral change as well, so you're bringing about behavior change it can be very difficult then you've got things like okay updating laws there's a gap in the law yeah uh for example um if there's a gap between the uh, uh vocational education uh, between the late age that you can actually pursue uh technical vocational ed- education the, the age that you can leave school if there's a big gap like yeah. two or three years which Cause in happen, some
0: countries there is you leave, yeah, you, leave at, you leave at 15
1: you leave at 15 and then at
0: 18 you can get into some of those vocations exactly you, but you, you can't, can't because because le- law subscribes because it's too dangerous you're not old enough you can't have access exactly. to these things
1: exactly and then what's going to happen to you between your 15 and 18 you're still in as a minor you not. No. you don't have age of majority yeah. so you are more likely to fall into child labor yeah so these are the kinds of things that you're looking at you're looking at uh, pornography laws mm. uh, we worked in uganda on that i think we had to update that um so yeah there's different kinds of pro- projects so yeah did that up until um became a sort of specialist in national action plans uh, helping governments going through the process looking at the technical issues the consultative process. Um, so my areas of focus were policy yeah. um, and project management. And then, you know, ended up becoming the project director and, you know, was on my way up to, you know, senior management level, kind of, uh, not senior management, but sort of, you know, uh, off to become project. I was a project director and I could have continued that path and become a, like what we call a chief technical advisor. Yeah. You go off and I remember off- opportunities being offered. And I went, nah, done, time out change my path why because i wasn't learning anything i've done That's it fine. for
0: um it's about advancing your skills and if you're saying exactly. that, you're not going anywhere
1: and it was about advancing my passion yeah. for equality with my day job and the other advocacy work i was doing on
0: the side within the un system um we've not touched upon that and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to touch upon that until you go through your work first
1: yeah so yeah now i'm working on um so now i'm a program officer On non-discrimination and equal paperwork of equal value. And actually, you know, so in the the ILO, we have what is called the Fundamental Principles and Rights at Work Declaration. There are four fundamental principles and rights at work. No child labour, no forced labour, or what you'd call modern slavery, freedom of association, collective bargaining, and non-discrimination. Freedom of uh, non-discrimination is a cross-cutting against all three of them. Okay. Freedom of association is an enabling principle. So to eliminate child labour, forced labour, you need, uh, and to combat non-discrimination, you need freedom of association expression. Okay. And f- and freedom of and non-discrimination cuts across all four. And if we really, and one of the key things i actually like looking back is like, hang on, if we want to tackle child labour, or we want to tackle forced labour, we have to get, we have to centre it into a, equality based discussion non-discrimination based discussion yeah. because that's because if you look at where what um, the, the demographics of the kids, if it's older boys, mm. why are they so they're being discriminated or they're being put into child labor because they're older boys yeah. um if it's a certain type of if it's a certain subgroup of the population in terms of race uh you look at parts of Colombia, Dominican Republic, why are Afro descendants more in child labour versus the So, and yeah. then if you look at caste, when you go to Southeast Asia, you start the caste society things exactly. like that. Yeah. So, I think one of the key areas that, um, I, you know, if I was ever to go back into child labour work, is make sure that our approach was centred in a non-discrimination approach, which I think is not being done totally right at the moment. Mm. Might have to crop cut that out. That's
0: alright.
1: Um, um, So I think that's an area of improvement um, for us, but yeah, and that's brought me into non-discrimination work and it's um, how to mainstream non-discrimination into the work of fundamental principles and rights of work, but at the same time looking at specific issues and, you know, my areas of specific interest are race, religion and sexual orientation and gender identity and gender expression and sex characteristics. So there's sort of grounds of discrimination.
0: Is that that what you're doing now? Or is that your work outside of work?
1: Inside as well.
0: Inside as well. Inside and outside. Um, um, I'm very, you know,
1: my main focus is also equal pay. So working on equal pay for work of equal value. So with the Equal Pay International Coalition, um, championing um, to close the, um, the gender pay gap between men and women.
0: So does that work only in, are you looking at that, within government departments or you're looking at private industry as well? So Because it, the private industry can yeah. they can make up their own pay scales as they like anyway. I can understand with the discrimination between the genders yeah. I don't know how the hell they're going to do that but yeah. you know working in the government you're working on a pay scale with years. Yeah. but uh, So
1: we're talking about equal pay for work of equal value yeah, so yeah. it's the value that you produce and we work so the ILO works with um, governments, employers and Governments, employers, and workers' organisations. Yeah. So we have three um, areas that we work with, three um, members, constituents. So we don't just work with um, governments, and you know, governments are there. We encourage them to align their national laws according yeah. to international conventions. And working, and they can't do that alone. They must do that in consultation with employers' organisations and with workers' organisations too. So those are the areas, um, and you know things, you know, from my day-to-day, we'll do things like, you know, um, or- organising our social um, media campaigns, advocacy, yeah. um, you know, encouraging us to do, try different things, because, you know, we're working for, with a very sort of um, international organisation. How do we, how does our message get down to folks, uh, everyday folks, who yeah, are just yeah. trying to understand what we're doing? Um so that kind of work, and then um, things like, okay, designing projects, you know, okay, look, we want to tackle this. One of the key things that we've, we've done really, really well is we've got uh, global estimates on forced labour, child labour, right? Okay. There are no global estimates on non-discrimination in the world of work. And we've put some studies out there, and we found that actually you can't have a composite indicator on, on non-discrimination, and now we're trying to put together a project to measure discrimination based on race.
0: Okay.
1: Got the concept note. Go and find the donors. How the hell
0: do you do that? Uh, you know, I I, I, look at, I look at it with regards to just carrying out a main survey. Yeah, we get we get snap surveys all the time on a job. Yeah. And you're like, I'm doing this on a work computer through a work log on. Somebody's going to know what the hell I've said. So, you you sort of. You begin to tailor what answers you're giving based on how much shit you're going to get into. Yeah. So how do you do that on a a national level, on an international level?
1: it's very difficult because in the UK you can measure race and ethnicity. There are governments and member states that do not allow that. Yeah, which is like res-
0: Italy, Spain, places like that. Yeah, doing you that cannot, you
1: cannot measure it, and it's it becomes a very big, big, big challenge. So yeah. this is now how do you do that, and then also how do you work with international organisations uh, or regional organisations like the EU, who's now got the anti-racism um, strategy in place. So. And it's not for me to. It's not for me now. You know, me now to come up with the, the methodology. But how do we bring in experts? So what the thing about the ILO is that we have convening power. We will bring in all the, these technical experts who come together: economists, sociologists, anthropologists come together to um, figure out how do we measure uh, or put in composite indicator on, on for in, discrimination based on race. Yeah. Um, because you're not, and how do you measure it? You know, you can measure discrimination based on 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 pay. That's mm. fine, but what about other aspects? You've yeah. got, um, In employment, in um, in technical vocational, uh, in positions, in board positions. Yeah, yeah. So where do, do, where does so? At what point are you measuring that? Where at what point are you going to measure that discrimination? Yeah. That's one of the biggest challenges. Because you as could, well. they
0: could go right. Actually, based on diversity, we have got an ethnic makeup of forty five percent. Yeah, you'd look at it and go, "Absolutely, that's amazing." Yeah, but then you go, "Actually, they're all at bottom level."
1: Yeah, exactly. You
0: know, yeah, this is absolutely. one of the
1: biggest. Yeah, how many do you have in the board in the boardroom? How do you have what positions? Are they being paid equal? Um, what kind of questions? You know, are are you asking them through the interview? What are the um, the um, what are the um, what are the opportunities for them as well? It's just, yeah. you know, sort interesting. You saw, you just reminded me of what is an infographic I saw or an opportunity and the different types of opportunity you have in your employment cycle as well. But, you know, for, um, you know, let's So, just say so progression, career written, training. Exactly.
0: Uh, promotions. Um, Solid So, uh, external, external uh, work, external influences. Yeah. Uh, mentorships, things like that.
1: Exactly. Um... Uh, opportunities and then uh, recognition yeah. um, having to work certain race uh, certain ethnicities and races will have to work in addition and yeah. overperforming, and that's you know um, um, and then when it comes down to equal pay you know in equal pay between men and women we know that the gender gap but the pay gap sounds globally at uh, 16 or 70% yeah uh, in, I don't know what it is at the UK so yeah th- these are the you know so I've got to put together a project for that um, and then look out, look for the funding to bring all those experts together, to organise that, to put the team behind, to get an economist in place, to get statisticians in place, right, how do we create this methodology, go through the peer review so that yeah, if yeah. it gets challenged, because we will have
0: governments who How So you do peer reviews?
1: I don't, no, no, no. Okay. So we, we, we have peer, re, peer re, review, there are peer review processes okay. or there are people that, that will the methodology has to be sound. It has to go through robust um, what's the word? Um, it has to be challenged. Yeah. You know, it's got it can't just you know, you can't just make a methodology and then go off. Well,
0: do they look at factors like is it smart, is it measurable, is it achievable, is it you know, those sorts of things?
1: Um, more so than that. I think it's looking at sampling sizes, yeah. um, um the size of the sample, uh, is it yeah Questions more around that. That's one of the things is it uh, reliable data? The source of the data uh, yeah. compar- is the data comparable? Is the data you know where did you get the data from, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So those kinds of es- uh, um, so
0: the and, efficacy of your your data yeah, that you provide
1: exactly. So that's got to be all done. And you know if you've got gaps because not every single country measures something like race as well, yeah. um, and then you know um, setting up that sort of um, the legal f- because. The data collection has to be based on a legal framework, and the legal framework, and the, the getting that all to align is one of the biggest challenges. And working, and we can't even get that through. Our head. We can do it for child labour, we've done it for forced labour, but how do we do it for something else? For race so, and know, discrimination, for, race, for racial based discrimination, and that's just race. Then how can we do it for something else? Yeah. You know, and then then there are challenges as well in the organisation. You know, um, that people don't, you know, say, well, race does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> But it's in the convention. um and the protected get, characteristics, yeah. Yeah, um, you do get um, questions around that. So yeah, that's that's uh, one of the things I, would, uh, I do uh, do trainings around uh, non discrimination, lots of talks, uh, working with government officials, um, reviewing documents, reviewing reports, providing my inputs, um, and generally fundraising. At the moment, my most of my time is you know trying to. Build those relationships and partnerships for collaboration that can help us do the work that we want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, and that's just my day job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds one hell of a day job. Yeah. I know how hard it is to get one project off the board. Yeah. So let alone when you're looking at a project at an international level.
1: Yeah, and you, you're you're, well, and you're. Here's a question. Yeah.
0: How has Brexit compounded any of the work that you're doing? In the UK?
1: In the UK, we don't. Um, I'm, I, most of our work, um, we do work with the UK government. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, one of the, I think it's not for us. I think it's for the UK government to ensure that it remains in line with its commitments, it's not for me to tell the UK government, it's our committee of experts that will say, okay, you have this issue, that issue. Interestingly, now the UK is up for uh, the universal periodic review in the UN uh, Human Rights Council, that's coming up. That will happen in June, I think. Um, But in terms of the ILO, you know member states once you ratify a convention they have to report and you know report on its issues and the uk government has been a great partner when it comes to um, you know forced labor and uh, modern day slavery yeah. um and they're a member of the equal Pay international coalition but i haven't seen so much in terms of any sort of you know, backward trend or forward trend and stuff. Okay. So it's yet to see. You know, as lo- I think, At the
0: moment, the waters still still yeah. same.
1: Um, from what I read from the committee of experts from the ILO you know, it, it's what they have. They tell us, you know, they they will say, okay, th- this is where we're worried, or this is where they can. There's room for improvement.
0: Okay. Um, just sticking to your work, one second. Hmm. Where has your work taken you? As in, you must have seen some different work countries and places. Oh and-
1: ah, yeah. I was, I was counting that the other day because when
0: you mentioned Uganda there I was like I, I haven't, haven't
1: been or... to Uganda I haven't been to Uganda where have you been um, Liberia
0: okay see George Where? no
1: no <laughs> <laughs> Liberia I loved I would have moved there in a heartbeat okay um, it's, uh, yeah and it's just yeah amazing country Liberia Ghana so I haven't done Liberia Ghana Mali yeah um, that's it for where that's it for Africa. Um, then I've done Bangladesh, Nepal, Philippines, um, India. Um, yeah. Where else have I been for work? The Afghanistan, yeah. um, Serbia uh lao thailand
0: yeah um yeah yeah that's for work that's work i can barely get to birmingham from here (laughs) so uh trust me that's
1: amazing it it, it is at first you're like oh my god i'm going you know i'm going on official mission or on duty travel it's great but afterwards you're like Tired, I'm I'm not, you know, and you know, it's always also kind of stressful, especially if you go into places like Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, waiting for your car at the airport and thinking <laughs> uh, the car hasn't turned up. Where am I going to get to the office and get to the compound? Um,
0: I'm guessing you've taken things back from experiences in these countries and just seeing how people live and things yeah. like that.
1: Um, you take a lot back. You take a lot of people back with you as well. Um, the, um, um, you, you take a lot of hope back with you. Okay. You take a lot of hope back.
0: You become more appreciative of what you have. Yeah. Seeing what um, they don't have.
1: Yes and no. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I know, it gives you hope of faithful humanity a little bit more. You do get a little bit more of that. Yeah. Yes, we are privileged and acknowledge that that you have that privilege as well. But th- that's not to say that, oh, I've got this and, they, you know, look at them. And it's to look down on other people because I think that there's a there's an issue with that around how we look at, um, how we see our opportunities versus that, you know, yeah. oh, you know, I've got this and they haven't got that. But they're maybe 10 times happier than I am. Yeah. 10 times happier than I am.
0: Yeah. Well, Just because you know we have, we're focused on materialistic exactly, goals and things like um, that. Where
1: yeah, they're not. yeah, and I think that sort of, you know, um, um, that kind of comparison doesn't, I think, help um, us in you know, our, you know, it also the the issue with that it promotes a savioristic um, attitude. Oh, look at them; we've got to help yeah. them now. Um, we we have to provide them with their tools to help themselves yeah. uh, if they want to, and if they, you know, and. How do they want to help themselves, and where do they want to go?
0: It sounds amazing, man. Well, it sounds like you've been to places that are not your well, you know, they're not your general holiday tourist sites, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I was talking to I was talking to somebody else, we went to college, and she ended up in Ethiopia, and I, somewhere I've always wanted to go. And Chigna, yeah, 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 okay. and, and, yeah. And it, you know, she was at uh, and places like that. I, I want to go more for, for relic hunting and things like that, and yeah. I want to go and see the, the Church of Mount Zion, I want to go and see the the sculpted crosses and things like that. And she's like, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. And he's just like, holy cow. Other people won't want to go there. Yeah. Um, but it, it depends what you take back from it. Mm.
1: Yeah, you t- you take a lot back. Yeah. Um, you take a lot of humility back. Yeah. A lot of humility back. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of... Uh, yeah, faith again, like I said. Yeah. And sometimes frustration. You're like, okay... Um, how do you convince someone that, you know, you're... The, the, how do you know that what you're doing, you know, that is so detached from a policy environment isn't going to impact... On these people. Uh, on people that are struggling to put... two uh, Making a living of $1 to $2 a day, yeah. you know. Um, and that's that can be frustrating. That mm. can be frustrating sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it also puts some determination behind you as well. It makes you even more determined.
0: Well, that's cool. All right. We talked about your work. Yeah. What I want to now talk about is the work, the advocacy work that you do outside. Because I've seen a lot of your stuff, especially on, on, on Facebook, Is that that's the only way I'm following you. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen you do a lot of talks and a lot of things on there. Yeah. But I think it's important to talk about your advocacy work because... That's for me is a massive reason why I'm here, as well as the work that you've done with kids, but you've been doing so much advocacy work. What is that advocacy work, and how did you get into it, and what are you doing presently?
1: Um, my advocacy work started um, mostly through UN Globe, which is uh, the uh, staff group for LGBTIQ plus personnel in the UN system. So, advocating internally and um doing that work yeah kind of then led me to work so I started doing that in what 2014 um, became coordinator in Geneva and in um coordinator for Geneva and Ilo and joined the board actually in 2014 to do this work inside the UN system you know because everyone thinks oh the you know the UN must be of course the UN must be LGBTIQ friendly no it's an employer yeah. Indeed, we have to look at the UN and think, okay, to hold up the UN system to a higher account, of course. But let's think—not think what the UN. Forget what the UN is. The mm. UN is a member state or membership organization, 190, you know, plus countries coming together to, uh, to discuss global issues and working together. Right. Yeah. At the same time, those member states come together to discuss our issues as well—staff, yeah. personnel issues—and those out of those staff out of those 190 plus countries you have sixty nine which criminalize LGBTIQ plus people guess what's going to happen yeah. they're going to come in and criminalize you as as a personnel and those personnel within the un system so it's going to impact um, personnel so those staff regulations are not always very friendly and very heteronormative so what do we do we come in and start the advocacy work and that's where i started to learn more about these issues about LGBTIQ plus issues yeah and then consequently, um, became more passionate about championing equality, right? And then in 2016 I think my now boss, Lisa Wong, I work with, uh, her, started helping her on, on non-discrimination work, was like, I'm really interested in this, how can I help you? What if, in fact, it actually was even before then, um, when did, I think it was 2004, 13, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. 15, I started working with... Yeah, I had my project work, but I would do additional hours so that I could learn more about non-discrimination work. And would prov- you know, she'd say, "Nana, can you read this report and provide?" Because we need an extra set of eyes on this. Yeah. So I got more involved in that, and in two thousand and nineteen, made the jump across into non-discrimination work um, because I became so much passionate about the issue of equality. Um, yeah, I think I've always been um, back in college here at yeah. QE. Um, there was a deep famous deportation case. and adopted, uh, the UK government were were due to adopt some, uh, deport someone. I think it was a Nepalese, uh, child who had been adopted, by um, a quite wealthy family. Yeah. yeah, and I started a petition. Yeah. From, like trying to get people to be sure. I don't know if I wrote you into standing with me on on in front of the in lockdown. Town. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. went town.
0: So I used to collect. We got so, we, yeah. we got our free McDonald's. Yeah. Because Alananda was working. Yeah. And then yeah, I want to be out
1: there. so I was doing um, uh, so that I think it's always been in me uh, to to work on these issues or to work on equality issues. Um, so as a consequence, and in two thousand nineteen, when my my the project I was a director for was ending, I said, okay, I can continue going up and up and up, or you know, work on child labour issues and um, perhaps even you know have another project to manage. But I said no happy here and take a step back sort of and work on non-discrimination issues um and what else have i been a part of as a consequence of my work with un globe my advocacy within un globe i've learned more about myself i learned about who i am a little bit more i've learned understand has brought me back to my faith even more yeah um it's made me understand why those, those issues that i had in terms of my own identity um, you know, being too British. but I was like, hang on. It wasn't about being too British or, or being too, um... Indian. Indian. There can be both of those at the same time. Yep. You don't have to be either or, or. It can be so many different things that, um... And I think it was always my, my you know, allowed me to be more, um... I don't know, um yeah it, it just got me understand myself better and and therefore it, i you know it became a sort of a personal it becomes personal yeah. you know as a, as a person of color as a person of faith you know um on these different spectrums of encar- holding these different identities you're able to um internalize it more and speak yep. on these issues more
0: you become more empathetic, empathetic and yeah, towards those definitely. issues and views
1: and you learn start to learn more as well and you start to sort of unpick out all all those toxic behaviors you've learned to cover up yourself um yeah so i got more involved in that then started helping other organizations um after that did um, a bit with international family equality day ngo and most of my work has been through UN Globe. You know, sharing um, um, my work, sharing um, the work from UN Globe, and learning about how discrimination manifests itself. Yeah. Um, and also trying to change the organisation within the UN as well. You know, where you've got so many people coming from different cultures, where they've been taught to think that being LGBTQ plus is wrong, or think they've never met an LGBTQ plus person. Yeah. And like how do you change that? You know, in inside of an organization, which is already, so if we're going to deliver on our mandate as, as UN international civil servants, we have to know these issues. We have to be working on these issues and you've got to let go of all of your biases that you and prejudices that you come into the workplace with. And there are people that come in openly with those prejudices into our workplaces. Yeah. Um, and that's not just oh you know because they're from this country or that culture they, they can even be from the UK and they still hold those prejudices yeah you know you you hear conversations around oh god here are the pronoun police you know uh, or, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. it what is it you know um, it's the alphabet mafia coming you know you hear that kind of stuff and there are people from um, e- even from the UK like okay uh, you know we have to go in and start doing that awareness and yeah um, so for me it was um, it's been. Um, an opportunity to give back as well, and do that seva. I think. Yeah. And I think through working with the LGBTQ plus people and and, and LGBTQ plus communities, I've been a um. You you are able to engage in seva. You are able to learn what Sikhi is all more about, as well. It's been it's brought me back to Sikhi a lot more. The ideas of seva, the idea of sangat, the, the when now if when I'm listening to my jafji seva in the morning, I understand parts of the Jabri-sab even more. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. There's a thing that my dad always taught, um, taught me was this idea of that Vaheguru uh, vibrates within you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah? yeah in terms of vibration, yeah.
1: Yeah, and for me, that when I was looking at identities and thinking about identities, your identities vibrate. Yeah. One time you're more British, one time you're more this. And that's Vaheguru vibrating within you at the same time. So how Vaheguru lives within you, that it just brought me back. I was like, hang mm. on, there's, there's something here. That says that our identities and we are so linked and intrinsic to one another. Yeah. Um. For me, yeah, it was able to, you know, especially at a time when I, you know, I was so fed up with my faith. It was like, oh, you know, I'm hearing. Put this, it aside, yeah. Yeah, I put it aside. It was also like hearing these sort of archaic values about this hate of this, this hate of this, this misogyny of that, and our, you know, we was seen from the community, and it's sort of how it, you know, personifies in our faith as well. It's like, no, but. It helped me, me. It brought me back to the very principles and the basics of our faith.
0: Yeah, because Granadese faith was never, uh, in any way, um, no. discriminatory. No, they were the first ones who went, not There's a level pegging here completely, Or a man can do what a woman can do. There is no caste system. That is man made man-made, fast-seasoned exactly. issues. They didn't. They didn't do anything. There was no discrimination on any level. Exactly. No.
1: Exactly. And they
0: spoke to anybody of any faith, of any yes. color, in any language. Yeah. I didn't see
1: that, and that was the, I think that's the the beauty of it as well, and I think we're only beginning to really. Well, you know, go even, back to the basics of our faith and real, you know.
0: Even in our das, you know, we do in our das we say naarik naam chardikala teri pani sarbat the daa So for everybody, yeah. for the for the benefit of all, Yeah. are not there's no exclusivity. There's let's they say sekhar <laughs> oh, daa Yeah, exactly. They didn't say Punjabi daa pala, you know, but I mean, it's that sort of thing. Exactly. It's yeah. been a core value. Yeah. Of the benefit of all.
1: indeed, and that's why it's, I think it's, it's it's there's no sort of parenthesis about that. But in a, well, you know, hold on, not for the yeah exactly yeah. like you said, and that's why then I think during lockdown I reached out to about the LGBTI seeks yeah. started doing work with them and doing advocacy for them as well and engaging with them. Um, and so that's
0: when I saw you. I saw you on the sub- when you yeah, yeah. were doing talks on the sub- Yeah, I did LGBT. two
1: with yeah two with Sobeth. I worked with uh, did two no three. This was around twenty twenty when the Black uh, Black Lives Matter yes. was, and how do we as a Gorm stand up for other Gorms as well? Yeah, who are part of our Gorms, you know, reaching out to Black Sikhs in the US. Yeah, what got what Black
0: Sikh Black Black Seek Collective is a big thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, Ex- yeah Black Sikh Collective, amazing, amazing work. And, yeah. You know, how do we as Sikhs, because you know, it's not just about this is the you know the message of our our, our of our punt that you know we you know support. It wasn't just about, you know, um, um, religious oppression, it's all types of, of, of forms of oppression. And I think this is what our pump needs to do more as well. And people in our pantham need to do more. Yes, we do great server, our, you know, we see the great work that is going on, in, especially in the UK, but how do we also stand up for other communities beyond just giving food and water and stuff? That's very important. Yeah. But then how do we advocate at other levels? How do we leverage our power and voice? In other areas, and when it comes to uh, women's rights, when it
0: comes to FGM, when it well, comes you just to saw the farmer stuff, is well Huh? The farm farmer stuff as well. Farmer stuff as well.
1: That was great. Yeah. Um, indeed, yeah. The farmer stuff, the black, li- and so yeah. With Black Lives Matter, we uh, I remember doing my first talk around that, and what we can do as Sikhs, um, um, and not just supporting Black Sikhs, but supporting all, all um, people of color here, in particular, um, 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 Black people. Then um, what else? Then we did two talks. One with um, Lady Phil from UK Black Pride, the intersections of faith, uh, race, sexuality, and then had another great webinar with Noor. Um, she's a musician? Yeah, no, I get that dancer, yeah, An please. artist, um, and I don't know how I, they would identify themselves, so I'm going to use they them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and who are um, an amazing force. And breaking taboos around gender and who can perform guitar and how what clothes you can wear um, and um, challenging you know tipping traditions on it on their head um, and through a beautiful art form you know i was a dancer i was like oh my god this is amazing you know i remember showing my dad this video and go look this can be done and look at this um so yeah um and hoping to do more as well uh, with so around around um how we're trying to help get so to become a more established charity in the uk and globally around conversion therapy as well yeah um and you know the intersections of uh, sexuality faith and mental health as well you know this is something that's really really important yeah um i think a lot of um Sikhs and Sikh youth want to understand what is, you know, where do we stand on this? Because nothing's been written on this. Yeah. You know, the algorithm never said anything on this. Because and one interpretation of that is, well, it well, wasn't really important for them. You know, it wasn't. It's not a big deal. So, mm. um, why do we need to discuss this? You know, we are everyone's equal, and so we shouldn't discriminate. But that still, that discrimination still happens.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that, well, it was. That's why we're here. This is a taboo topic. Mm. You know, I expect that we're going to get lots of people going, hang on, this is terrible. And then you're going to get the other side going, this is amazing. Yeah. You're opening some doors. But it depends on the audience that looks at this. But it is for me, yeah. I know enough people who have been in the Punjab community yeah. who have been well aware of the stigma within yeah. the community if they came out and were them true selves. Yeah. And I think that barrier needs to be broken down because what, what issue is it? For me, what is it? What is the issue if somebody goes? Well, I'm. I'm. This is how I feel. This is how I am. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. As long as they're happy. Yeah. The, we we all champion mental health at the moment. Yeah. And that's my big thing. We all champion mental health. Yeah. But a lot of it is just saying something. It's just for for some people it's saying something. So if somebody came out and said my mental health is like this because I do not know how I fit in. Yeah. And if you go, this is how I really feel, and so we go, oh, that's, that's not right. Yeah. So it's, it's mental health to a degree that it fits in your little pyramid, in your little square box. And the moment it falls outside of your square box, it's, you've got a problem, or you need conversion therapy, or you need to do this. Yeah. And I think it's important that we talk about these things. Yeah,
1: I think that this whole... Shame, this whole idea of shame and shadow has stifles our conversations it's it it's not us. just that yeah.
0: i i i got divorced yeah that was a big stigma it's like yeah, yeah. what are people going to think and you're just like i don't care what the outside world thinks yeah i don't care yeah yeah, yeah and it's that yeah. sort of thing it's the shame and shadow yeah, is the big yeah, yeah. thing that runs in our community. It's like how people perceive this how people look at our family how can we go to these events go to the fucking events i don't care well, oh, don't go to
1: them. Yeah, I am. Um, I think this is the biggest. This this is what's going to uh, set a community back is is, is yeah. and the question of shalom as well. Um, I, yeah, don't care as long as, and I, you know, breaking away from that and it weighs you down. It yeah. weighs us down a lot. Um, this whole idea of lucky kiko. Yeah. I don't, I don't care about lucky.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. They're not sat here with me. You know, exactly. Yeah. And also, it's not lucky doing. Um, my, the part for me, yeah. it's me doing part for myself and yeah, exactly. connecting with my guru. It's not me and Loki connecting with the guru, yeah, it's me connecting with the guru, right? Yeah, so I, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and also you know, there's a whole sort of question of, um, you know, is it really sicky then? Yeah, is it really sicky because actually what you're doing is but well, not if
0: you're being discriminatory or towards the way because. Like I said, the first thing that comes out is for the sarbhatalapa. Yeah. And you're looking for the benefactor of all exactly. things like that.
1: And that's the main thing is everyone benefits. Um, and that's why I think I do a lot of my advocacy work is like, you know, um, how do we... And even within the LGBTQ plus communities, you have this whole issue of, well, marriage, marriage, marriage. I'm like, well, hang on. No, not just marriage. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, the right to marriage, the right to have family, the right to have all of We Forget, right, but how are we going to help others? Yeah. How are we going to link this to... Uh, environmental issues how are we going to listen to link this to indigenous issues what about tax justice yeah. okay there's an issue right let's talk about tax justice how are we going to listen to it to to climate justice it's w- LGBTIQ plus communities or people of color we don't live in silos yeah we live with um in, in we live in multiple communities we hold multiple spaces where we can and therefore it becomes very very important that those movements we show solidarity one another because it goes back to what i was saying earlier it's you
0: know, um, it's all, it's a It's all intri- intrinsically linked.
1: Intr- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's very, very important that, um, yeah, we have that solidarity for for one another.
0: Oh, that's fine. With regards to the Punjabi community, there's quite a few actually on YouTube now. There's quite yeah. a few individuals here who have gone, this is who I am, this is how I present myself, this is what Stephen wants, and it's quite good. It's opening up doors mm-hmm. and barriers. Barriers that have been there for such a long time that need to come down. But if we've got somebody here listening mm. and they're a member of the Punjabi community and they are like LGBTQI plus yeah. uh, and but they're having difficulty yeah. being true to who they are or want to come out. what advice or assistance or groups would you put them in touch with or could you could you um, offer some advice here now?
1: Um I'm not <laughs> not trained first health. Mental, no, it's not, no, uh, no, but it's not that. It's um, like, if yeah. somebody
0: wants to know, going actually, I'd, I'd like a safe group where I can yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Reach
1: out to Salabot. Okay. Uh, LGBT seeks. Um, let me just—I uh, forget that we just changed the website as well. Um, find it. Um, it's yeah. Salabot Yep. Yeah. Um, reach out there uh for awareness support and resources um you can also um yeah so there's that there's also taraki as well they do a lot of work
0: who's that taraki Taraki, Um,
1: uh, mental health group um there's other spaces if you don't want to reach out in a faith-based space there's we create space that i'm also part of um you can reach out through there um that's a good um resource as well around mental health and intersections of um um, being lgbtiq plus um what else there's there's a few others you know that are out there yeah. um that can um name there's um Sanj the LGBT Sanj the LGBTC cause I think they're on Instagram um yeah or yeah alternatively they can contact me directly and I'm happy to put in touch well, um on my
0: LinkedIn
1: um right, okay Hold LinkedIn goodchat and, and Sandu. and yeah. And then on Instagram and uh Instagram and link uh, Instagram and Twitter, turbinized with the Z. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, Turbinator I, was taken. I did see that the other day. I was like, I, don't know. I Realized with your photo on there. I was like, okay. <laughs> Turboized. Um, Facebook as well. Facebook as well, yeah.
1: Um, and uh, happy to sort of direct people to the relevant
0: resources. And that's that's all one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. And I mean, my first advice is, I think there's a, one of the key things I often hear is in, you know, especially if you're UK based, so are you out to your families? Are you out to this? Are you out to that? Okay, so let's, this whole thing about being out sometimes, especially yeah, in our It's about being true. Yeah. Yes, it's about being true, to, true yourself. to yourself. Out to who and what, you know, are you out to yourself? First of all, you know, are you okay with that? Yeah. So that's the first thing. Very, very important self-acceptance because we tell ourselves so many lies and we not, we actually don't even tell ourselves lies we don't even like, address the lies or address the truth in ourself. Um so that's a, a, I think really really important but coming out as what especially when the words don't exist in your language
0: yeah, yeah. do
1: we have it in Punjabi I think there is a word that it doesn't really capture everything no.
0: okay. it doesn't
1: really capture everything especially if you're trans or intersex and there's a lot of confusion between tra- trans and intersex I, mean, I often have uh, questions or discussions with um, um, parents is around. What is, uh, what is, what is the hijra community? What is getting out of what you know? How do you, how do you define as yeah. intersex? And often hijra gets confused with intersex. It's like okay, it's not the same. Um, so the words are not there. Does
0: hijra get confused with the word that we, the term that we use? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, uh, well, that's well,
1: that that is offensive as
0: well. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: Custis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, that,
1: that that's what I mean. So. Yeah. So the, and the, and that it, you often hear. In terms of gets, uh, it's a pejorative word that gets thrown against gay people as well. And you're like, hang on, that's not the same. Yeah. Um, now
0: within within when we get taught within the Sikh communities, they say there's three genders. God is neither of those. Yeah. Neither male not female, not um, transgender. Yeah. It is in not a third gender. There is yeah, no yeah. third gender. So that's what they're saying. So, but the term kusra yeah. is like I said, it is a negative. It's a pejorative. It's got yeah. a massive negative. Adjective, compared to
1: it. yeah, um. So going back to that, yeah, uh, the the right words don't exist. Yeah. Uh, the other part then is that then, um, are you in an environment where it's safe to be out? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So one of the key key things that, especially for UN globe or globe members, where we have LGBTIQ plus staff working and living in parts of the world where it's criminalized, yeah. where you can be murdered for even being LGBTIQ plus. Yeah. Um, you cannot come out. So you know, do you have economic security? Financial uh, economics slash financial security, emotional security, physical security. If any of those are not there, yeah. you know you need to evaluate. You are responsible for your own safety, safety and well-being. So if you cannot guarantee all three, that, or you need support with one of them to actually be out and then say this is who I am, you know you need to question that. So it's really really important. You know we can't. You know you know uh, there's this whole thing. You know let everyone be out. Yeah,
0: be... but you're like, what's the point if you're going to get killed? Yeah, exactly. Son?
1: right yeah. we need you yeah. we, and those are the voices that we need especially in, in the LGBTQ plus communities those are the voices that are needed the most yeah. and most valuable as well because they're living in the shadows yeah. they don't get heard from enough yeah. and so you how do you provide so one of the key parts of my work is how do you provide space, safe spaces and create safe spaces for people to feel safe to come forward so if you do reach out to me Know that it's going to be done in trust. I uh, don't know where the yeah trust confidentiality privacy. So if someone tells you something like that, it's not your business then to go and pass it on to tell someone else. Yeah, there's a lot of that in um our communities. Sonia, one of them. Yeah. one of the Is it now? Sonia, one of Munda And you like mm. okay, don't that information. If someone tells you in your own communities, do not pass it on. It's not for you to be shared with. So, in, in that sense, when you come to me and you share something, um, yeah, yeah, reach out on that. Um, so, happy to take, uh, to guide them through. I may not have the answers. I may not have the yeah, answers. Yeah, but it's not that. Sometimes um,
0: you need someone to just talk to.
1: Exactly. And I'm happy to do that. And a lot of the time, people do just reach out. I just need someone. Uh, when I'm working with a group of people or what? Um, I need help on or advice on this. Yeah. And it's most of the time, it's like, oh, you know what? I just need someone to talk to. Yeah, and that's the most important part, you know. Uh, so you know, yeah. If you wanna contact uh, you on
0: all those social media networks,
1: uh, um, yeah, happy to to be available in those spaces.
0: Okay, gotcha. Well, couple of couple of quick questions. Yeah. First one is, you've mentioned Solidarity LGBT, uh, seeks and and so and places like. No. What are the networks you're currently working with? Um.
1: Working with or work, well, or you work for, or um, you
0: have an advocacy for for some of these.
1: Um, so, well, I've got my day job, UN yeah. Globe as well, and then I do uh, Cyber LGBT seeks. Yeah. Uh, do recreate space. Um, and then do International Family Quality Day in Giro. I'm Also a, a fellow for um Sal Salzburg Sal- Sal- Global LGBTI Fellowship, um. And then, you know, I've connected with, uh, say, UK Black Pride.
0: Okay.
1: Don't do anything with them directly, but... Sorry, but there's a part of um, the, the, the network of UK Black Pride. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so those are the big ones I uh, would say I'm part of and get involved with. Or um, working now, um, working closely with uh, Jane O'Zane Foundation. And, um,
0: Who's that? Sorry.
1: Jane O'Zane Foundation.
0: Jane O'Zane.
1: Yeah. Uh, looking at faith okay um what else that's um that's the big stuff or yeah <laughs> in addition to the day job um and do a lot of speaking engagements as well yeah so know? on the other yeah. day yeah um doing one tomorrow but i suppose it's going to be aired already by then um on um symbolic violence okay um Court of Iran, a really interesting organisation that's being or group that's coming up in India. Um
0: yeah. Um got loads on now. Yeah. Next question is what are your future plans? <laughs> um What are your future plans or what are your future goals? What what is it that you
1: uh continue to doing server? A server yeah. for me, I think. I think that's my... I think keep on growing and learning. That's my my individual plan and in championing LGBTIQ plus rights or just yeah. dis- non-discrimination.
0: You won an award recently.
1: Yeah. What was that for? Um, Before I forget, because that's, that's, that's quite a big thing. Yeah, that was the British <laughs> LGBTI Awards uh, for exceptional inclusion I think yeah how do you get for I, uh, Um a colleague at work uh, a very good okay. friend of mine um, Adam Bowers nominated me for my work that I was doing internally and externally inside the UN and outside of the UN as well
0: did you know about it um,
1: when uh, not when the nomination happened but uh, when I received uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you've been nominated can you provide us with extra evidence yeah I was like okay fine and when I got nominated I saw the shortlist I went there is no way I'm gonna win this. Yeah. There are some amazing people doing amazing work, but yeah, um, won that. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. I saw it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, with and then I wasn't able to go to the award ceremony, uh, sadly, because it was during COVID and there was a lot of complications with travelling. And then the British ambassador in Geneva offered to.
0: Find that Present uh, that to you. Present
1: okay. me at the at the, at the uh, British uh, mission in, in in Geneva. So yeah in front of uh, what is called the Equal Rights Coalition.
0: Right? So awesome. yeah, So, yeah, sorry. Uh, I, had to, uh, I had to... I certainly forgot about that. Sorry, looking at... Still continues to do so, well, championing LGBTIQ. Right, yeah. Work.
1: Um, I think growing in myself as well, I think, um, I, you know... Um, uh, I think there's still a lot of understanding around the, our faith and want to do around these topics as well, around trans rights in particular.
0: Would you not look to get on your own platform?
1: I have thought about it.
0: Because you've done talks.
1: Yeah. You're doing a talk now. Yeah. I have thought about it, and I've got there's something in the back of my mind I'm thinking of. Um, yep. but I don't want to say yet. That's fine. Uh, maybe. Um, that, you know, perhaps looks at, not just at... It, because a lot of the LGBTIQ plus rights is always around marriage and that. And i are like, hang on, there's more to this. Yeah. It's about economic rights. It's about social, and cultural, political rights. I think perhaps something around that. Yeah. Um, but right now I don't have the bandwidth um, yeah, uh, to do that. I think um, I would like to perhaps do some more webinars with uh, Salopad. Um, and more chats around that. Well, I would love to see one day. This is not my future plans, but I would like to see this 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 conversation being taken up. It's been already t- covered in certain areas, yeah, but taken up a little bit more seriously as well and more. Um, what do you um, mean within
0: within our faith? Within our faith, okay, yeah, within, our, within faith. our faith and faith
1: yeah, yeah, and taken up, um, and you know not even discussing marriage at the moment. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, we're equal, we're not, you know, okay, we're not going to discuss that yet. Uh, and we, uh, that, that discussion has to happen at some point and that may have to happen at one point yeah. and we, we'll get across that bridge. But we're not even there yet. Let's stop the violence. Let's stop the hurt and the hate first yeah, yeah, before we even get there. Uh, that's a key thing, I think. So yeah, um, and I think those are the key areas for me. I think social solidarity is one of the key areas that I'll keep on continuing to work on. Um, uh, championing rights for all people or workers um, yeah I mean um, I think my, a lot of my activism started here in the UK as well in, in Leicester with the Indian Workers Association hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's that part is it still going the Indian Workers Association yeah,
0: probably, probably not you're not here that's probably uh, gone you don't know I've got uh, no idea if yeah, it's I still was going nev-
1: oh, no, I, I learned a lot through them as well um I, mean, you know, I think one of the key things is that you we're know, not forgetting that our parents are working class. Yeah. You know? um, how does a working class person actually end up in in a, in a position like I have? I yeah. don't know how I did it.
0: Just glad it happened.
1: I am glad it happened. I'm very grateful it happened.
0: Um, yeah. no, that's great. Like I said, it's really interesting to know what your future plans are when you when you come to that conclusion. That will be great. Um, with regards to this, have you got any questions for us in reference to anything you've said today or Anything you want to bring up that we've missed out? Because this is your opportunity. so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for you. Um, what
1: do you... As a, as a podcast, yeah. as, a, as someone as well, you've done a lot of work around faith and faith-based communities. And what do you see the biggest challenges for our faith in terms of inclusion? And where is it going to happen? Because there's growth. But, you know, how do we cement it in, you know,
0: I think the issue you have is we're we're talking generational for me, for the personal issue you have, we have generational bigotry that is brought back to this country yeah. back from Punjab. Yeah. And I think what the the biggest change is happening now with the generation second generation third generation especially yeah. third generation born here, yeah. no longer have those the, those things, those backups from Punjab, where it's like, this defines who I am, and this defines yeah. who I am. The conservatism within our generations is going, becoming less and less. Mm. And the liberal liberalisation of views, um, the empathy of others, mm. the understanding of other people's views of minorities. It's, it's no longer, you know, you look at Black Lives it isn't just black people going, I want rights for blacks. It's people from every community, every generation going, this is wrong. Yeah. I, I see this and this is wrong. Or there's other people for, for other faith groups and other organisations and those people from the LGBTQ going, hang on, this has taken place. We've had an atrocity here in a yeah. club, 50 people are dead and everybody's coming out from every group. Mm-hmm. So sort of the Sikh chaplains, people like that, they're all out there. Yeah. The more liberal the viewpoint, the better. Mm-hmm. Because barriers are broken down. Um, I think that there has to be a talk within everybody where you like. The biggest thing for me as as a sick is what I do shouldn't affect what you do, mm. or what you do shouldn't affect what I do. So why should I have a viewpoint, or any sort of discrimination on what you do? Mm-hmm. And my my thing is always if you point one finger, there's always three pointing back. So yeah, yeah, don't yeah. ever judge somebody else.
1: Yeah. No, I had. You know what? Growing up, uh, there there was that. There were, there was that there was someone that actually said to me he goes you know what because of you, I I'm scared that this is gonna come back on me on this and I'm like, yeah well, and and that was somewhat, you know uh, and I was like oh my god wow what what a narrow world we what are you but
0: li- but, li- but I had that narrow mind we all had that narrow yeah, mind and as that. you grow yeah you exponentially grow as a person yeah and your view your barriers break break and break and break mm-hmm. to the point where they just do.
1: And one one of the key things is,
0: you know, in our faith, where do you think gender
1: equality is going to, or diversity, gender diversity, well, equality is going to champion?
0: To be honest, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Because it's one of those Pandora's boxes thing. Until you open that box, you don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. I think with everything, there is going to be a massive pushback because something is different from what it's always been. Yeah. It always will be. Yeah. Uh we have that now with people going, actually we want to do this and you will always have the perspective of this is how it's always been done. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll have the the individuals who are really liberal to it going, Well, why can't we do this? What is the pushback? Yeah. And it's having that conversation between ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't that's not an issue. For for me it's not an issue. we mm-hmm. I've got enough friends who are within the Punjabi community who are now true to who they are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They don't need to express it openly, but they know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why should that prevent them from coming to an account part or doing yeah. their to doing whatever they want to do in the You know, there's no. no issues, is it? It doesn't no. change anything. No. I think there's the, There's a lot to be... Right, okay. Let's, let's flip it on its head. Let's yeah. not talk about sexuality uh, with regards to how you define yourself in gender or yeah. how you define your sexuality. You, if you have somebody who is... And we're talking at a personal level, if somebody's going, I'm in a heterosexual relationship yeah, yeah. and I'm just into everything that I consider normal. Yeah. And the next person goes, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, but I'm into massive BDSM. Yeah. What difference does it make? Yeah. What difference does it make? And it's yeah. that same conversation. So that person's in a heterosexual relationship, but yeah. they're into the serious BDSM. <laughs> yeah. But what difference does it make? They're still coming to the God, they're still doing their same suit. What difference does it make? Yeah, yeah. And that for me is, that's my personal viewpoint. Yeah. But where we look at it at a national point and an international yeah. point is yeah. when we start getting minds together who don't think like that, and you've yeah. got to start breaking down their viewpoints. Yeah. I don't think and we're... it's the same way we've said before. I remember being in the in the early, uh, sorry, late 80s, early 90s, when you're like, canal, there's a God with a bug on What's yeah, What's going yeah, on? There? yeah. So the those are, they, they've had those sorts of yeah, things, yeah. and it's it's going to be again learning to gain a, a level of acceptance because it's something that you're breaking from. It's normal. Yeah. So that, that that's my view with regards to what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think even even if we get to, I mean, your, the whole your I think BDSM is <laughs> that's given a far fetch from that even ableism disability yeah. within our community. Yeah. Uh, is so taboo. It's you say so you say, taboo. you
0: say that, and then you get somewhere like Bogotá and who opens Bingalwara which is made for disabled kids, kids that are in refugees, kids that are yeah. in homes, and look what he's done mm-hmm. on his on his own. Yeah. He was a child uh, of a mother. His father didn't want to know anything to do with them. They were left. You look at what he did with his life. Who is this? Uh, Bogotá and okay. from Bingalwara. Then he came to Amritsar. Yeah. Uh, after partition, he uh, helped somebody, basically he was helping people in the camps when partition happened, he had no money, yeah. and he found somebody who had just passed away, he had lots of money on him, and then he started his organisation, and he helped people all of his life. Yeah, yeah, Bingalwana yeah. is one of the best things to go and see in Orsar, it will break you, because you look at kids and go, my God, I can't believe this is here. Yeah. So. He broke down barriers. Yeah, yeah. And today barriers are being broken still with his work and Dr Inderjeet Kaur who is there now yeah. and heads it. Um, definitely work. I'll send you some links after yeah, this. Yeah, but, definitely. but those sorts of things are there. Yeah. So, there's a, the problem is we have and, and this is within the whole society we have an element of what we consider to be normal. Mm. But we have that element ingrained with us by other people who consider this is normal. You know, it's the acceptance of what is humanity. That's what. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. what I think. Being in the job I am yeah. over twenty years, I've broke. I've seen those barriers broken. Yeah, yeah. In my own thought process. Yeah. You know, and and that's what it is. It's about, and it's the same with Gurbani. Gurbani states that while there is a video, while there is ignorance, yeah. there is no acceptance of reality. There's no acceptance of the truth. Mm-hmm although that is talking in a spiritual context, it, same in the materialistic world. Why do you have an ignorance about people? That's where fascism, racism, all these isms come in because mm-hmm. there's an ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, the ignorance of, I'm like, saw so in the 80s, with, with the AIDS pandemic, I could catch this from just kissing someone. I could catch this from using their utensils. I could catch this, break down those barriers. Things mm-hmm. change. And it's that sort of thing. And I yeah. just think that education is, yeah. is a big... Yeah. Big thing. And it's like they say, you know, Gurbani on a spiritual level says, Gyan and Jan Gurdhia, Gyan and Dirvana. So it says, through knowledge you can take away the ignorance, and mm. that's what eradicates ignorance, and knowledge does, and that's what's going to help you become one. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is on a spiritual level, on a personal level, and a worldly level, in the same way education is massive. And you know yourself, you've gone from studying in Manchester, being educated on something in activism, to going, I'm not at the UN, I'm learning something more, something more, something more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it breaks down your own personal beliefs.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot. Continue to learn as well.
0: Well, I hope this is going to give you some more introspection on, on your own self, just talking today. Now, I think you've, you've, even, you know, you've
1: challenged me a lot today, I think. And then,
0: what am I just chatting shit? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
0: amazing. No, I, um,
1: yeah, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, um, Let's let's go back to college.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Will we have these conversations then?
0: No, like, and this is what I said to you. It was very different. It was very. It's very about different. personal growth. It's about yeah. knowing yourself, because at but, college, forget you know, at college, talking about anything was true. you had to fit into that. the square peg. Yeah, you did. but None of us did anyway. Yeah, yeah. We and did. that's why we were the bunch <laughs> of people who hung around together because we were you didn't fit in your community, you didn't fit in yours, yeah. we all got together, we had a laugh, Yeah, sort of thing.
1: We made our own. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there was the other aspect of it, what is different now is that, that's all changed even more now, yeah. it's happening where people can even be more themselves now, which I look back and I'm like, wow, I wish that was there when I was there. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't change anything yeah. now, but you go back and go, wow, I wish that was there yeah, I, when I was there, but perhaps it you know, could
0: have, things could have, maybe I wouldn't be doing i, totally agree. Doing. I think I totally I think, you know, um, you go into a workplace and all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who are outwardly going, I, I consider myself to be this. This is my yeah. tag. You're like, okay, it's a bit strange. I don't know much about this. I think the big barrier for me was when I joined the police. Yeah. We spent a day at the LGBTQ centre in town. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And that's the first time I just like, oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Didn't right. know this. Didn't know this the level of education breaks down those barriers. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh,
0: and that that's the big thing.
1: Yeah. But that's the, that's the difficult thing as well. It's, it's not just education, it's about dialogue as well. One of the key parts is that how do we, and I'm going we'll be interested to in, see who you're also going to be talking to, is how do we counter hate? Because what's happening now is, do we shut the conversation down?
0: Yeah.
1: Or do we keep the conversation going? How do I bring in a racist... And I want to have a conversation with you about your views and opinions. Yeah, but also well, we to have understand.
0: to do that. We do yeah. that through uh, educational programs, and we do that through prevent. Yeah, so prevent is a big thing with regard to counterterrorism, and, and you know, so prevent is a way of stopping people from going into criminality who have already got biased views due to ignorance. Yeah, and we look at an outlet. Sometimes it's a case of actually the reason why you sit in front of the internet looking at Daesh stuff or uh, National Front stuff or Combat Eighteen or any sort of uh, far right yeah. uh, views is because they haven't got an outlook. He's sat at home because he's looking after his disabled mother, yeah. and all he's got to do is look after his mom and sit on the internet. Tell you what, let me give you six weeks, six hours a week. We bring somebody in yeah. to look after your mom. You go to a play, or you go to a youth group, or you go to an educational facility yeah. where you get away from that. Yeah, yeah. And it's that sort of thing. It's about looking at ways to engage. Uh, and get these views better. So where you're looking at workshops, where you're talking at talk groups, where you're looking at engagement practices, where you're looking at efficacy within the, the workplace, you've got to look at it like you're looking at your project management mm-hmm. at different views. You might not be able to talk to people, but you look at changing legislation. You might not be able to change legislation. You do a workshop. You might not be able to do that. You get people to go visit, uh, talk to the victims of hate crime mm-hmm. who have uh, by... Or you talk to those people who have promoted hate crime in prisons and you get them to come out like they're doing with um, the knife crime stuff, like they're doing with the um, the gangs, the organisations in London, like they're doing with firearms criminals, like people like Mati Nawaz who was involved after 9-11. He was in Egypt and doing things like that. And all of a sudden he's an LBC radio presenter who's had to go through change himself. He's going, this is my personal experience. Mm. This is how I went through. So it's it's about a lot of levels. It's a lot of levels, but you can't do it at on one. Oh. try to do one it's yeah. not going to work yeah 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 I hope I haven't bored the shit out of you there no you haven't also, no
1: I'm just blown away with um, you know
0: I'm not the same we, dickhead we were at college you know? yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> no we were <laughs> We no in terms of you know it, uh, you know people look at us and go oh wow you're at the UN I'm like no wow don't do that you're like wow what you're doing I, you know I think the world the world has tipped itself you know we've gone back it, the world is tipped upside upside down, in terms of we you know we haven't moved away from worshiping kings and queens to worshiping billionaires and millionaires, and instead of worshiping them, we should be worshipping our teachers, our doctors, our police. Force, this is what this is about. Um, You know, respecting our police force, working with the medical community. Oh, you know, I, hate respect-
0: the, I hate the police. I only do it because get
1: paid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure the LGBTI community also have that sort of uh, yeah, not a problem. It's not a problem
0: that sort of thing. Um, but this is this is the reason for today. This yeah. is this is to spark conversation. Mm. Whether it's negative or positive, I don't care. Mm. But spark that conversation. Yeah. Have that conversation. Somebody wants to listen to this and go, I'm not following this shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Because there's always going to be individuals out there. There's going to be other people who are going, oh, okay, this mm. might open some doors to me. There's other people who go, I now might understand people around me that I've tried to cut out my life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's about having that discussion and that's that's what this is important for yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I know there's a lot of that there's a lot mm. of that and I think you know you go into the Sikh forums as well and you see the hate around these topics there are other topics as well you're like god you know can we actually you know have you know.
0: seen my my Sikhism and snippets account on, yeah. on Instagram yeah, yeah. I, I try to promote all type of yeah. all types of Sikh uh, groups yeah all, and you get hatred of it they're not to do with this, they're not to do with this, they're not to do with this. Yeah. The only way you combat it is by yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's, there are occasions where you're like, I can't talk anymore because I've provided the evidence and views. Yeah. And you're still going to badger on, badger on yeah, yeah, yeah. and you badger on. And you give up at that point because you're like, those individuals are never going to listen. It's there. Yeah. Go and research, do that extra bit. That's what you've got to do you know for me I'm not bothered about it no, no keep on oh, doing your
1: work keep on providing spaces
0: for people like us as well well no we'll do, we'll thank, you. do. thank you thank um, you with regards to this podcast yeah. the, you know like I said flawed foolish and fantastic that's what we are me and my thing we are flawed foolish. foolish yeah. and you are fantastic the stuff that you've told us about today I really appreciate it you've shed some light to people who won't know mm. I think you're in an absolutely amazing place with the work that you're doing mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be people out there who, who do this to this and go, don't get me wrong, you're going to get some fucking abuse as well. <laughs> there's, going, there's, going to be, there's going to be people on there going, he's giving me his fucking LinkedIn right? I'll tell. Yeah, yeah, I'll go, yeah, yeah. But we get that. Yeah, we yeah. get that. You get, you're get. you always going to get abuse. Yeah. But I'm quite happy with 10 people shouting at me while yeah. one person pro- approaches me going, I need some help. Yeah. As long as I can help that one person. Yeah. Okay. And... And I hope that this, this opens up. But I just want to say thank you very much yeah, with regards to today. And yeah, you have been fantastic. And you've shed some light. You've actually given me some ideas of what I need to bug you about as well. Okay. But with regards to that, I just want to say thank you very much. Thank and you just know. to finish off, you Gurjika Khalsa. Why Gurjika you? Thank you. No, thanks, much.